Open it up to John chapter 2. John chapter 2. And we all know this story very well. This story has to do with Jesus and the first miracle that he ever accomplishes. And uh, once you've found it, if you, if, if you don't have a Bible share, take the Bible that your neighbor has there and just take it from him. If it's a phone, just take the phone. That's all right. And I know some of you need a title for your notes. So the title of this sermon is Save the Best for Last. Save the Best for Last. John 2, uh, 1 through 11. And on the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to them, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman. I don't talk to my wife like that. Or my mother. Woman. My mom would take a broomstick to me. How many of you were raised in the broomstick days? I remember running down the hall in this broom chasing me. <laughs> Come on, how many of you remember those days? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for the broom. I don't know where I'd be without the broom. <laughs> His mother said to this, and then, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? I don't, well, I mean, it's your business, not my business, right? And his mother said to the servants, didn't even pay attention to him. Look what she did. She didn't even, she said, I'm not talking to you anymore. Jesus said to her, then his mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Can you read that scripture with me? His mother said to the servants, whatever he see, says to you, do it. Now there were set, there were set there, Six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews. Right? There was some stuff there for tradition. How many of you have some traditions? I got some traditions. We had to put, I had to put up five Christmas trees in my house. I need your prayer to help me. Amen? Five. And manner of purification of the Jews containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Why don't you think about that? You guys know math? Six times 30. How many gallons are there there? 180 gallons. Those are some big jugs. And Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. Now, how many of you would have the tendency to not fill that thing to the brim? I mean, you think 30 gallons, you got to fill up gallon by gallon, back and forth. That's a lot of filling, right? But Jesus said to them, fill them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. What I want you to understand is you're missing something here. In between that sentence and the next sentence is the work, is the process, is what the servants had to do, right? They had to fill those jugs. They had to go back and forth. Back in those days, they didn't have running water. They didn't have a hose they could just fill up. They literally went from a well 
Back to the jugs and to the well again. Back and forth. Pulling up a bear, some water from a bucket, pouring it into a little jug, maybe half a gallon, maybe a gallon jug if they were lucky, and walking back and forth with filling up these jugs to the brim. And they took it, and when the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, But the servants know, tell your neighbor, the servants know, the servants know who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom and he said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, when they're too drunk to taste what's there. Come on, let's say when they, when they too, they don't even care what it is. They'll just drink whatever's set before them. Right? Then the inferior, but you have kept the good wine until now. You have saved the best for last. And this beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and mass manifested his glory and his disciples believe in him. Tell your neighbor the best days of 2017 are still ahead of us. Did you hear that? The best days. I, I didn't misspeak. Don't think, oh, Pastor Javier thinks we're still back in 2016. No, the best days of 2017 are still ahead of us. God is still up to something. There's still 21 days in this year that the Lord wants to do something amazing in your life. He saved the best for last. Amen. He saved for the best for last. And I don't know what you're praying for, but there's nothing too ordinary for God. Did you hear that? There's nothing too ordinary for God. He's just as concerned with the little issues in your life as he is the big problems. Amen? If he were a little God, he would be only able to take care of the major things. But since he's a great God, since he's a good, good father, since he's amazing, he's able to take care of all of the issues of our lives. Amen. He sees every, every sparrow each time it lands to the ground. He keeps track. Pastor Chris, he keeps track of every hair on your head. Every hair. He knows about it. He knows when the last one died off. He knows. He knows. He's a big God. He's a great God. Amen. And he's not too big to be concerned with every area of your life. Amen. And we serve a God who's in the transformation business. He is here to transform. Amen. We've got a world that just wants to shift the way you look. Dye your hair. Right? Get a new hairdo. Nip it. Tuck it. Botox it. Come on, suck it in, push it out, whatever the case may be. Come on, you know, enhance there, belittle there, whatever it may be. And we have a world that's all about rearranging the you, the who you are. But our God's not in the rearranging business. He's in the transformation business. He's not worried about what's going on on the outside. He wants to make a change inside of you here today. Amen. He wants the best. He has saved the best 
for last. He has saved the best for the end of the year. He has saved the best for what he's been doing for now. Amen? It would have been a shame to this bridal family. This shame would have been horrible in Jewish tradition. If you ran out of food at a wedding, that was taboo. You would be talked about forever. How many of you remember that wedding you went to with horrible food? Raise your hand. Come on, you never forget it. I still remember one of the weddings Melinda and I performed and went to. We were invited. We went. We thought there was going to be great food. They treated us good at the rehearsal. And and we went to the wedding. And then the reception was at a whole different place. So here we married people. Then we had to drive all the way somewhere else for something. And all they had was Ritz and cheese it. That cheese whiz. You know, you spray it on. You don't forget that, boy. On this day, see, the food, the celebration, the wine, what it was, was it was a, the beginning point of this covenant relationship. So if they ran out of wine, there would be shame. That family would be shamed. They would be affected. And I believe Mary knew something about shame. And when she saw that the wine was running out, she remembered the shame she had to endure because of other people's opinion of what God was doing in her life. You know, here making this statement, I'm just 15, but God impregnated me. Think of the shame she had to go through. See, Cana was just down the road from Nazareth. So these were probably family, friends. They all knew about Mary. When Jesus showed up with his disciples, said, ha, he's the one. Joseph is so dumb. He still believes Elizabeth and her claims. So she knew about shame and to protect them because she knew what she had gone through. She said, Jesus, it's time for you to do something. Amen. Amen. And he wanted to come and he wanted to transform. See, Jesus came to change your traditions, your rituals, your ceremonies. And so the Bible says he took these six jugs, not that were used for the wine, but they were used for the ceremonial washing process. And it's what they used to clean themselves. See, and these jars were mostly open, uh, empty, because the guests would clean and wash themselves. They would actually use this water and anointing oil to prepare the bride after the ceremonies, after the ceremonies to prepare her for her to consummate the marriage, enter into a new relationship, into a new covenant relationship with her husband. So he took those jugs, and from those jugs, he began to fill them. And the servants were probably saying, what's going on? Everybody's been washed. There's enough water there for the bride. But see, our God doesn't function from lack. Our God functions from abundance. Our God isn't a just get by God. He's a God who says, fill it to the brim. I want to fill you to the brim. I want to fill you with peace to the brim, with joy to the brim. I want to encourage you. I want to transform you. So he came He came to do away with this tradition and to fill these jars with a new wine, with his new wine, with a new covenant that Jesus was bringing, a covenant of grace, a covenant of change. And that's what I love about John. I love the way John presents Jesus into the world. You heard the little girl quote the scriptures, 
John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word. See, all the other, all the other gospels try to prove to people, prove to the Jews who Jesus was. And they go to lineage or they go to the prophetic. Let me tell you, our God is more than just the seed of Abraham. Our God is more than just the, the, the grandson, great, 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 great grandson of Boaz and a relative to Ruth and a relative to David. He is the one and only true God. Amen. He is God incarnate. He is Jesus came in the flesh for you. He stepped into this world for us. And I love Isaiah 25, 6. It talks about the generosity of Jesus' kingdom. His desire to prepare a, a, a banquet for us. He is God incarnate. He is the only begotten son. He was God. He was God. And when she said, do whatever he says that was. She was telling those servants, you need to listen to what God is telling you to do. There was something Mary had seen in Jesus over the last 30 years. Not only was his birth supernatural, but she saw something in him. She saw kindness. And even though he said it wasn't his time, he knew that he had a heart after God and he would show compassion on these people. So significant are these words of Mary that they're actually the last words Mary has recorded in the Bible. Where she says, do whatever he says to do. If Jesus tells you to do it, some translations say, do it. Whack your neighbor real hard. Boy, you jumped on that too quick. Come on, one more time. Boom. Do it. Oh boy, I saw phones flying and everything. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. He saved the best for last. It may appear that the wedding, that the feasting is over, but God is about to do something. You heard the word of the Lord over Alicia. Is Alicia in here today? Hey, that, and, and that was the word over you. I told Melinda, you know, I got this word for her. What should I do? And she said, go do it. You know, and that kind of word only comes from crushing. You know, when the Lord says, I'm going to do something, there's something I've been preparing. See, God doesn't sideline us. We don't have a sideline God. And then there's some things God has, you've been praying for, and the Lord is telling you right now, it's time to not just pray, it's time to participate. It's not just time to pray and lay down about it. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm a firm believer in prayer. We should be praying every day, every moment. We have a prayer perimeter here at Shiloh. We want to make that thing 24-7. We believe in the power of prayer. But I know that there's even a greater power in the power of prayer and participation. Amen. God's called us to be his servants. Amen. I know that what God wants to do, and Mary understood this too, she understood it, that what God wants to do in the world today is through you. Did you get that? What God wants to, see, Jesus could have showed up in a UFO. Step right off that, I'm here. They're here. He could have come like E.T., he could have done all that stuff. But he didn't do that. He said, I want to participate with you. I want to do miracles through you. I want to blow people's mind through you. I want the nations to rise up and see the glory of God in you. 
And he's asking us right now, are you ready to step out and participate in what God's called you to do? Amen. Because I believe with all my heart, he has saved the best till now. Amen. See, it's very different when you look at it from the inside out than from the outside in. I believe there's people that come to church, watch online. They're experiencing something from the outside in. They hear prophetic words, they see the Holy Spirit, and they're just sitting there going, what's going on? Well, see, you don't understand what's going on until you see from the inside out me crying while I'm watching my daughter drop dances. You don't understand that we struggled and we couldn't have kids and we lost. We lost, we went through six pregnancies. And I got two kids. We had three live births. See, you don't understand all that the process we have gone to to see the fruit of my wife's womb. See, you don't know the process because you're looking from the outside in. That's why when you send me an email and you give me your opinion, I delete it. I don't got to give you my opinion because you don't know the process. You don't know what God has been doing. You don't know what God's been saying. You don't know what we've been praying and God has been answering. Come on. And nobody knows the process that God has taken you through. Nobody knew what Mary had gone through for 30 years. But it was so strong in her life that she said, whatever he says to do, do it. And that is the word that she has for us today. Whatever Jesus tells you to do, do it. Get involved. Be transformed. Hitch up to Jesus and say, I'm going in Jesus' name. I don't care how many trips it takes to fill up those jugs. I'm going to do it. I will not grow weary in well-doing. I will step out in faith. I will see God move. I will see a miracle. See, and the miracle God wants to do in you is not just going to bless you, but it's going to bless all those around you. The master of ceremonies, the bridegroom, they didn't know anything of what had happened. The only people who knew were the servants of God. The servants who said, I will do what you've told us to do. Those are the only ones. What is it that God wants to reveal? That's revelation. We talk about revelation and we want it to be head knowledge and hearts. Let me tell you, revelation comes prayer, the word, and participation. You want revelation? Pray about it. Participate. Put the word inside of you and watch revelation come. Come on. It's not going to happen. I know we all want to pray at two in the morning, have an angel. And and some have said that. There's some who've had angels in the room. Come on. Who's had an angel in the room? I've had an angel in my room. I've seen that before. Terrified me. Terrified. But when you get donking stonking to you and and bushes are burning, there's something wrong. You're kind of at the end of the line. So before you get to that point, move now. Come on, kick the person next to you and say, move now. Move now. Amen? Some of you are going to have to carry something you don't understand. These servants did not understand. They didn't understand. They had a little cup. Here, let me borrow your cup there, Pastor Don. Don't worry, I won't drink it. Is it good? What is it? Oh, tea, I need some. Amen. Mm. 
Orange sweet, wild sweet orange. I like that kind. They had to go back and forth. Think about it. Think about it. Back and forth. Now, I don't know how, how many of you feel like you've just been doing this. All year long. God's been saying, fill it up. Some of you just, God told you, read the word. Get the word. Come on, the water. Get the word. Get the washing of the word in your life. Keep bringing in the word. Some of you, the Lord's been saying, put the word, and you haven't even started to do that yet. And the Lord's saying, come on, get in the word. You get in the word. You want more in your life? Get the word inside of you. Get the word inside of you. See, you guys aren't clapping because you want it to be instant. We don't have a Folgers God. Come on, we got a we got a God that puts the bean out in the sun and he lets that thing roast and then he lets it marinate nicely and then he chips it and then he grinds it and then he brews something hot and then he pours it over it and out of that comes a beautiful aroma of worship to the Lord and it tastes good and it smells good and it looks good. Why? Because it changed from the inside out. Could you imagine how many trips is that? 180 gallons, 1,490 pounds of water. 180 times 8.3 pounds per gallon of water. Do the math, come on. 1,490 pounds of water, just going back. Nobody knew. Bible doesn't say they threw a fit or they fussed. Jesus said to do it and they did it. Maybe they had heard the story about Mary. Amen. That, that some, this crazy story that some angel showed up to her and said, you know what? You're going to have to carry a baby. And he heard that she had to, while, while in, while she was carrying Jesus, she had to travel 390 miles while she was carrying Jesus. Now you would think if you were carrying the king, if the Lord said, you want to carry a king, you would have said, oh yeah. Cause that came with limos. That came with the rich Carlton. That came with first class tickets. Come on, why would you do? You think you get comfy seats? You know, you get the seats that lay down on the plane. But no, it came up. She had to ride the back of a donkey. And so she understood what it was to carry something supernatural. Something happened. She knew about a supernatural birthing process. What is it that the Lord is trying to supernaturally birth through you? Huh? What is it that he's trying to do? Fill the jars with water. Fill your life with the word of the Lord. Fill your life with the presence of God. Fill yourself up. Not, not, not just Sunday. Don't let this ever become ceremonial. See, they were used to some ceremonies. This was all tradition. Don't let this thing become ceremonial. Don't come into this room without expectation. Don't come into the presence of the Lord without God trying to change you. Let Don't let this ever become the box you check off of your to-do list. Never come into this house as a tradition. Never come into this place saying, I, you know, I'm going to go do my thing and after that I'm going to hometown buffet. That's why they're out of business. Aren't they out of business? They're out of business now. Because all those traditional people went and gobbled that stuff up. Now they're fat and dead in Jesus' name. Come on, that's what tradition does. That's what religion does. Religion kills. Religion kills. 
God doesn't want religion. He wants a relationship. He wants to move. Every time you come into this house, you should be sitting at the edge of your seat saying, what are you going to do for me today, Lord? Every time you wake up in the morning, and, and how many of you are grumpy in the mornings? Raise your hand. It's okay. We'll pray for you later, all right? My wife's like that. She's not here so I can say that. She's grumpy in the mornings. My daughter, Mimi, we're happy in the morning. She's grumpy in the morning. That's all right. The Lord, the Lord still could use those kind of people too, amen? But we should come with an expectation. The moment you allow the enemy to rob your expectation, you allow him to rob the potential of a miracle in your life. Did you hear me? Don't just do this for somebody else. Do this for you. Some of you saying, oh, I'm dragging my spouse here and they're going to be changed by the Lord. What if the Lord's using them to drag them to church? You thinking you're dragging them to church to get you in church to change you in Jesus' name. Oh, I got this crazy kid. They need Jesus. They need Jesus. And you're thinking you're dragging your crazy kid to church. And really the Lord's trying to get you to church because he's trying to change you. He's trying to transform you. What if the miracle he wants to do in step two is, be, is, is actually working out in step one through you? See, and it, we're never going to get to step five if we don't work it out in step one. Some of you want to get there now. And the Lord's saying, you will get there. There was a song, you will get there somehow. Remember that? Prince of, that's the Prince of Egypt, boys to men. Not to the night. You guys don't remember that song? You guys need to watch the Prince of Egypt in Jesus' name. See, only the servants saw the real power. See, I believe God wants to display his power in your life. Because before you step into 2018, you need to see his power here and now to prepare you for the great thing he has for you in 2018. But the Lord will not set you up for failure. He wants to put peace in you. He wants to put joy in you. Amen. Whatever. He wants you to be the kind of person that says, whatever you tell me to do, I'll do it. I want you to write this down. The power is always in the process. That's why the servants were the only ones that saw the power. Because they went through the process. Amen. And our God's all about setting the stage. And he's setting the stage in your life. And he's always going to want you to be completely involved in setting that stage. He wants your mind. He wants your body. He wants your soul. He wants all of your faith. He wants you to live in complete dependence of him. I mean, what if you told the Lord right now, you set the stage for something great to happen in my life. Because I know a lot of us can make, we can manipulate the stage. We can make it look pretty and we could work it out on our own. But that is not what God wants to do in your life. He wants to set the stage. He wants to work from the inside out. Amen. You need to do something. You need to do something. You need to get involved. You need to do something. You need to whack a few people around you right now and say, do something, just do something. And they got to plow you back and tell you, you got to do something. The Lord is calling you to do something. And I believe this word is coming now. It's a prophetic word because the Lord knows how we could go into hibernation mode this time of the year. 
We forget that God is moving. We get caught up in all that we got to do. We get caught up in the tinsel, in the decoration, in the lights, and all of that. And we forget that God has a supernatural delivery for us here and now. Amen? You won't take those trips anymore. You won't have to go back and forth anymore because some of you are at the place where I filled it to the brim. I filled it to the brim and it's time for you to scoop that last bit out of that jug you filled to the brim and bring it to somebody else. And when they taste that thing, they're going to see it is the best wine they ever had. It's going to be a new wine. It won't be just, it won't be the word, but it will be the word coming flesh doing something supernatural through you. Amen. What have you had to do this year time and time and time again? Amen. I believe it was, I believe it was still water even the moment they drove it out of the well. I know there's a lot of people that say, oh, the moment they take it out of the well was wine. I don't believe it. I believe every trip they took, all they saw there was water. But it wasn't until they filled that thing to the brim and they took that scoop and gave it to the master ceremonies that they began to experience more than just the word anymore. God was doing something amazing. Amen. John 3, 5 says, Jesus answered and said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Isaiah 30, 21 says, your ears shall hear a word behind you. I believe some of you have heard a word in your life saying, this is the way, walk in it. This is what you do. This is what you've got to do. And whenever you turn on to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left, you're going to hear the word of the Lord. Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is a living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit joint and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. God's up to something. Whatever Jesus tells you to do, do it. I believe there's some people here, he's been calling you to pick up the phone and call a loved one. I believe there's some people here, God's been saying, I need you to open your Bible and begin to read my word. I believe there's some in here that the Lord's been telling you need to sit down and you need to share the word with your kids. You need to pray with them. Amen. You know, because the biggest miracle here was not the water to wine. The biggest miracle in this story is John 2.11. John 2.11 says this, the first of his signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory. Then the Bible says, And his disciples believed in him. Could you imagine if we were a people that truly put 100% of our faith in Jesus Christ? If we believed everything he's told us to do. If we believed all of his word. If we had the faith of a mustard seed. What would happen to our region, to our cities, to our nation, to our world? You guys are all mad at presidents and people with toupees and people that tweet and all that stuff. You should be mad at yourselves. You want to see change in the world? We need to rise up as the people of God and plug into his word and do what Christ has called us to do. 
Some of you have been disappointed because you've put all of your trust in a political party or political figure. Let me tell you, the only thing that's going to bring change in this world is Jesus Christ. I get people who send me mail and they get mad at me in an email. They say, you never get political. And I say, well, you show me in the Bible right here where Jesus did. Show me where he did. Because I'll tell you what, the Roman Empire was a lot worse than what we got right now. And I remember the Pharisees who tried to get him political. What did he say? He said, who's on that coin? Who's on that coin? Who's on the coin? Caesar. Well, then pay Caesar what Caesar's do. Because our God cannot be limited by political parties, presidents, or anything. Our God tells us what to do. He tells us to pray for those that he's placed in authority. Our God is in control of it all. And what he wants to do, he wants to do through you. I don't care if you're a 15-year-old little girl. I don't care if you're 105, 96. It does not matter. God wants to do something through you now. Now. Right now. And I believe even if I, as I'm speaking that word now, the Holy Spirit is sparking something in remembrance to you and to your soul saying, that is what I've been telling you all this time. I believe this is a now word for many of you here today. What is it God's telling you to do? Amen. See, because this kind of water, this kind of wine, what it does, or the Holy Spirit, he begins to produce real joy in our lives. Some of you have been chasing happiness for the wrong thing. They could have gotten away and went and bought the cheap stuff. Jesus could have copped out and told the disciples, all right, get some money. Let's go buy the cheap stuff. Let's go buy the boxed wine. How do you know about that? I caught you there, huh? I caught you. Caught you, Pastor Katie. I caught you. I heard her over there giggling real loud. But Jesus said, no, I've saved the best for now. Come on, how many of you feel that way? I just believe the Holy Spirit is doing something right here, right now in this room. There's a level of expectation, of faith. There's a new joy coming in Jesus' name. I trust in God's compassion, in his sympathy. Amen? Whatever he wants you to do, do. There was a confidence Mary had in Jesus. A confidence in him. Where have you put your faith in your confidence? What have you placed it in? What have you placed it in? We had a great word last week. Pastor Nina brought the word to us, challenged us. And I believe God is challenging our faith. Not to condemn us, but to cause us to grow into a new level in him. I believe what he has for you next year. I'm already excited. Next year, January's theme, first month is limitless. I believe there's some limitless, there's some things God wants to do. Our God is limitless. But before we could step into that, before we've got to be all in, we started this year with all in. And some of you are right now, you're saying, you know what? I've been all in, but I am tired. I had all these plans, but health, my health or circumstance or my marriage or something, it, it hurt me and it set me back. And the Lord said, it did not set you back. That has been part of the process. 
And because you've had faith with this little thing, watch the much I'm going to do in your life right here and right now. Right here and right now. This is a word from the Lord right here and right now. Because you've trusted me every step of the way, despite opinion, despite what others are saying, I am going to do something for you. Mary wasn't clear of the outcome. She just knew Jesus was going to do something. So don't try get to get him to do what you want him to do. Just say, Jesus, you do what you got to do in my life. You do what you got to do in my life. If that's you right now, I just hear the Holy Spirit say, if that's you right now, you've got to pray that prayer. You say, Jesus, I've, I've tried. I've tried to finagle you, negotiate with you, strike a deal with you, provide you some discount wine. I've been trying to cheap out and the Lord saying, no, I got the good stuff for you. I got something better than you can produce yourself. If that's you right here, every eye closed, every head bowed, will you just stand up and you're at the point where you're saying, Lord, just do what you got to do in me. Just do it. Come on, everybody, whoever here, you just hear the Lord saying, do it, just do it. See, it's in these moments where we know who to instinctively turn to. Sometimes the Lord's got to take us to the end of ourselves. I don't know what Mary was doing there. Maybe she was great Auntie Mary and she had said, hey, I'll provide the wine and she had bought the wine and they ran out of wine. I don't know. We don't know the story, but she cared enough. She cared enough. And she looked to Jesus and she said, I don't know what you're going to do, but instinctively I'm turning to you. I've seen you grow. I've seen what God has produced in me. And I believe she was thoroughly surprised with the end result. Did you hear me? I believe she was thoroughly surprised with the end result. You know, I've been amazed with Pastor Nina just watching her list. Last time you saw her preach, she had a boot on her leg. And the last time she preached before that, she had a pink cast on her arm. And we've been able to walk through the process and just her tenacity to say, God is going to do something great. There was a man named named Job in the Bible. He lost it all except his life. He lost it all, but he never let those circumstances steal his expectation. And I just believe the enemy's been trying to rob you of your expectation financial issues, marital issues, relational issues. Right now is the time to say it. Hell no, heaven yes. Hell, you get the hell out of my house. Jesus, you come in right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God is going to hatch something big for me in the next 21 days. Amen. And not only some cheapo wine, I'm going to have the best wine the best results. Amen. I'm going to know what it is to have Christ's life and life more abundant. Any place that there's imperfection, God desires to bring his perfect will. Did you hear me? Any place where there's imperfection, he loves those spots. He loves those spots. Where there's more imperfection, that's where he loves unrolling his perfect will so father i pray for every person standing here where they've come to the end and they said 
whatever it is, Lord, I've tried to finagle it. I've tried to work it. I've tried to cop a deal about it. But now I am at the end of myself and I'm saying, Lord, whatever you need to do, do it in Jesus' name. I open my heart to you. I open my hands to you. I forget my wish, Lord. I erase it. I throw it away. I throw it in the fire this Christmas. And I say, Lord, I want your list, your desires, your wishes for my life in Jesus' name. I believe if you sincerely prayed that prayer, I believe you're going to see something amazing in your life. The outcome is going to blow your mind you're going to know and see the right reliability of God's hand and I just hear the Lord say whatever the problem is hand it over to me right now in Jesus' name he doesn't want 10% of it he doesn't want 75% of it he wants your whole problem just like Mary was able to she gave him the problem and walked away She said, whatever he says to do, do it. See you later. There's some of you right now, you just need to lay it down. This is your altar moment. Lay it down right now. Father, I just give it to you right now in Jesus' name. Right now, move in every life here. Father, I pray that you're going to use us, all of us, ordinary people, so that you can be glorified in our lives. Father, not just we believe that you desire to do that, not just back in Mary's day, but you're out doing that right now. And Father, we put ourselves in a position for you to move, for us to receive the good gifts you have for us. We thank you, Father God, that leftover secondhand is not in your vocabulary. But you're a creative God. You make all things new is what your word says in Revelation. And I just hear the Lord saying marriages right now. The Lord wants to make all things new in some marriages here. Some of you have settled for a bad marriage. And the Lord would say to you, no, no. It's time for you to do it. It's time for you to line up. It's time for you to stop carrying offense and forgive. I just hear the Lord saying, I want to take the common things in your life. Your gifts, your talents, your time, your treasures, your commitment, your perseverance. And I want to do exceedingly abundantly great things through them. Just give them to me right now. And I just hear the Lord saying, I want to remove weariness. This is going to be the best Christmas you've ever known. I just hear him saying, great joy is coming to your house. There's some of you who settled for a lack of peace. And the Lord would say to you, no, peace is coming once again. Some of you have settled with family dysfunction. Some of you even have a word for it. Ah, that's all right. My family's just great, great. It's always crazy. It's always going to be crazy. That's a lie of the devil. The Lord is speak to you today and say, I've called you to come in and change even generational lineages in your family. 
generational lineages change because of the great thing I desire to do to you. Through you, declares the Lord. You are the solution. You're the servant that the Lord wants to do something amazing through. Now, 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 now. Get involved now. Do it now, now. And there's some here who you've just been trying to scrape by. You've been going every which tray, trying to make a living, trying to get by. And I believe the Lord's spoken to you today and he's saying, that's why. You're trying to do it on your own. Without me. With that career path, you've put me on the side. And the Lord's saying, today, today is the day for you to allow me even into that area of your life. No more running on empty. No more running on empty in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, I pray you just complete the work in this room right now. Father, there's anybody here who doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior. Anybody who wants to be grafted into these promises that you have for us as your people. Father, we just make ourselves available. If that's you here in the room and you say, I want to ask Jesus into my heart. Could you just raise your hand and say, that's me? And we're just going to say a prayer. The Bible says very clearly, Romans 10, 9, if you believe in your heart and confess in your mouth that Jesus is Lord and raised from the dead, you will be saved. So let's just believe with our heart right now. Jesus, we ask you to come into our lives. Forgive us of our sins. Father, we don't want to live our way. We want to live your way. We want to be servants, disciples of Jesus. Father, we want to know your fruit in our lives. So forgive us of our sins. We stop living our way and we go your way in Jesus' name. And I just pray the blessing of the Lord on every life here. The blessing of God. The unmerited favor, the mercy of God on every, His grace. And I just pray, Father God, for people that are going to be filled to the brim with great joy, with the blessings of God, with your presence. Father, I pray their homes, their home, even the atmosphere of homes in this room are going to change in Jesus' name. We're going to see our neighbors getting saved. We're going to display the love of Jesus. We're going to be a light for you. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into our lives. Thank you, Father, for never giving up on us. Father, and thank you for the purpose and the plan that you want to do in our lives. I love you, Jesus. Right where you're at, give Jesus praise. Come on. 